If you're a senior executive looking to transition to boards, check out our Fast Start Guide to Board Success. In this short guide, we'll answer all of your questions about landing a paid board role and we'll share some of the rookie errors executives make when trying to climb the board ladder. Jump on our website, boardcoachinginstitute.com.au or click on the link in the show notes to access your free copy today. If you're looking for board success, let us show you how. Hello and welcome to Insider Insights, where you get to meet non-executive directors and go inside their boardroom. Today we're joined by Anita Muller, who will give her unique perspective of board life and offer up some hints and tips to help you to succeed too. Anita runs her consultancy business Running Tool and sits on the board at Matthew Steer Accountancy and Advisory. So join me now and let's hear from our insider, Anita Muller. Anita, welcome to the program and thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, Sally. So I've got some questions I'm going to hit you with and I'm really intrigued to see where these go. You've been working in and around boards for quite a long time now, coming up from the C-suite even, so working your way through that employee side of the fence. Tell me about jumping that fence as you understand it and as you've experienced it from executive to board. I think the big challenge uh, is to actually recognise that there is a, a line and but also be able to push that boundary. So I think it's, a, it's not a, I, I think the traditional view would be there's a very black and white difference between that line. But I, I do a lot of work with small to medium size organisations, small to medium sized boards. And um, there is a, a tension on that line that I think is important to hold and to test sometimes. Now, that's not a traditional perspective, I know. But I just think today's world requires uh, a, a more dynamic perspective on that role and a, a recognition that the role of the board, the effective board leader is changing as, as every other leadership role in an organisation is. So when you talk about that tension, compared to what, what would be the difference? I think you've got to be very careful about who you are and who you aren't in that mix. Um, and uh, it's, you know, the, the obvious one is how easy it is, is to lean back into the organisation. And, and I'm very clear about that role that um, you've got to lean out so that you pull the organisation up. But at the same time, you do, in small to medium-sized organisations, have to roll up the sleeves and really get in and be part of that mix as well. So, um, uh, whereas I, I know in a, a much larger um, firm, uh, there is more delineation there. So knowing what you are and you aren't, but also testing and pushing that boundary is important for me. Okay. And we talk about size of organisation, but there's also maturity that comes into play as well. You can have very small firms that are well-established and mature, and you can have much, much bigger organisations that have been through massive change and are almost back in startup again as they reinvent themselves. So what do you see as the key challenges for the organisations that you're working with? I think, well, today's in today's situation, there's some the obvious, but I just think that the, um, the pace at which the change and the agenda is evolving uh, means that the, every organisation needs to constantly reinvent itself and being comfort, comfortable is almost a sign that there's a problem there. 
And so I think, you know, having come out of manufacturing, FMCG, um, organisations that were heavily structured and God was an engineer, um, and, you know, you, you think about a lot of boards today, the leadership mindset that underpins that is still from that structure and that that world when the world was, I say, when the world was flat and the world's no longer flat. You know, we've woken up and I always, that saying, you know, we're no longer in Kansas and Dorothy's got to put on her red shoes and she's got to run and dance very differently. So I think there's a, a challenge for organisations that they, they have to sing, juggle and dance. And I, and I think that the, the challenge for boards is how do you manage around such a dynamic agenda, a dynamic environment? And as I said, by nature, um, there's something around traditional boards that are trying to make um, confident, calm, um, uh, managed decisions that is almost uh, the opposite of what's needed. So how do you reinvent the way the boards think, the way they manage or the way they lead uh, an interface with organisations that acknowledges that, that the shift, the dynamic shift in in the world, the way the world is operating and working. Yeah. I'm not sure whether that's, that's clear, Sally. No, no, absolutely. So in a traditional sense, we have a board composition, we're in a mature business, we've worked together for a long time. There's a level of comfort. I think the... Um, the word for it is the group think. We think as one. Yeah, we become embroiled in what we're doing and we, we, we don't understand that there are different ways because this is the only way that we do things. So how do you take an organisation that's entrenched in that kind of traditional way of performing and not make them dynamic but make them open to a dynamic way of working? Because that's got to be much harder, right? It's got to be harder to be dynamic than to just sit back and relax and enjoy the ride? I think there are a lot of organisations that you can't do that to. I mean, I, I think that's part of the challenge for a, a, a new board um, member or a potential board member to find the organisation where they can work effectively. Just because you have that mentality and thinking doesn't mean that when you get into an organisation, you're going to be able to shift that. There's something about that marriage that's really important. Um, yeah. And so for me personally, thinking about what sort of organisations, one, I want to work with, or two, uh, I will add greatest value. There has to be a desire and acceptance that that's really critical or that's really important. If there's not, then I think there's that mismatch that's really, that's inevitably going to be there. Um, so I, I do think there's a responsibility as a potential um, director to be thinking about the organisations where you're going to add the greatest value. And, and because I'm so philosophically strong about the need for disruption, the need for organisations to be running, um, the need for uh, leaders at, at all levels of those organisations to be able to, to run with that ambiguity, I just think that um, getting into an organisation where that isn't at least part of the, the, the mindset or part of the acceptance means I'm, I'd be speaking Russian in, a, in a, an Italian company. You know, it just yeah. wouldn't make sense. Really? And there's only something you can do to drag um, an organisation into that, that sort of mind space. Unfortunately, yeah. that's a tragedy. And, 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 but, but there's variations of that. You know, there's, it's not all or nothing. I guess there's that, that role. It's how, there is a role there for, for you know, for hosting um, conversations and enabling boards and executive um, 
uh, teams to to actually feel um, more possible to have more ambiguous conversa or conversations that are speaking more to the possibility than than they are to the reality. So I, I do think there is the role, it, there is a board role and a, a director responsibility to host very different conversations and to be able to do it in a way that takes people out of their comfort zone. So that that's both the intent but also a skill to be able to host those conversations. And that could be quite a progressive way of thinking because a lot of a lot of boards do um, they're, they're comprised of legal people and financial people and they have set ways of work. Now it's not to put anyone down in that field, but they have frameworks that are true and tested and proven and you you know, the finance, the numbers add up or they don't add up. The legal, it's lawful or it's not. It's black and white for finance and lawyers. Whereas what you're doing is many, many, many shades of grey, I should imagine. How would you influence people who have more of that logical kind of framework? How would you convince them to be more creative in their, their board thinking? Um, I come from a commercial background, so my... My bread and butter is, is, is HR, so, but I've worked in organisation as, as a strategic leader and as a commercial business leader, so I have to be, you have to be able to speak the language, you have to be able to put a practical bent on that. But it's, it's only the starting blocks, you know, you really, that, the old reductionist approach where you had a group of leaders sitting around the table and there was a lawyer, there was the accountant, there was the, the marketing director. Unless, you're a gen, unless you are a true commercial leader today and you can cross that boundary but also host, not just speak to what's there around those conversations but also host to create more, I think you're really missing out on some fundamental um, content or input into discussion. So, so for me... Um, how do I get heard? I think, you know, people hear what I have to talk. I talk with a practical bent. I help them see what they've always seen but with a different layer. Um, so it, it's, it's being able to ensure that you're taking people with you as well. So there's no, I've been involved in plenty of boards where you've got um, people who are very creative and are speaking a completely foreign language. It's how do you... You have to, part of your role is to um, host the space that invites others into it as well. I'm not sure that that's always as clear, but I, I do think there's a fundamental role. You're not just coming to the table as a person who brings some smarts or brings some experience. You've got to be able to host the conversation yeah. to create something bigger than you around that. And that's about bringing different thinking into the table. Uh, so I, I do think there is something, there's a fundamental role of hosting to create something bigger, not assuming that all of your knowledge is is what's needed. You know, it's more yeah. than you. To so not even knowing the answers yourself to some of those conversations, I suppose. And knowing when you've got to go out and tap into other... I mean, I, I do think there is the hubris of my, my generation. You know, I do think we, we were brought up to be technical experts and to have the answers for everything, and I think that's going to actually... Um, uh, uh, lead to, leading to and will lead to greater, greater problems if we don't actually move very quickly to recognise there is more value in what we don't know but can facilitate a different outcome than what we do know and therefore 
you know, die in a ditch, assuming that we've, we're the experts around that table. Yeah, and that feeds into diversity and inclusion as well, I suppose, in that the more viewpoints you have, the more understanding you have, the wider the wider the information that you can base your decisions on. And the openness to new possibility. Yes. I think that ability to be open to that there might be a different perspective or a different thought or something that we don't know, um, but how do you host that and keep that moving forward? Um, so I, I, you know, I think it's an era for the concept of diversity is absolutely critical, the concept of openness, the concept of the moving away from being the technical experts around the table at, at the board level yeah. as well as other levels. For me, I often say that the, the best trait or the most important trait that a, a non-executive director can have is curiosity the ability to wonder, the, the ability to not take for granted any information that's presented to them, the ability to think, how would X do this? Or what if we didn't do that? Or what wouldn't happen if this didn't happen? You know, those real extreme thinking scenarios. Um, but a board has an agenda and keeping, keeping pace and keeping track in board meetings is very important. So how do you, how do you know when you're adding value by considering different perspectives and being curious and not just going off on a tangent, taking the ball, you know, away from what it's there to do. I think that's an incredibly important point. And I I think the, um, I, I find myself constantly checking in with key people, whether it's the chair, whether it's the CEO, making sure um, I'm constantly getting feedback around the value I'm adding and and, and, and coming to that question with a great level of humbleness, assuming that, you know, I'm starting with... Because I'm costing, I'm I'm distracting, I'm doing all of those things if I'm not driving value. And um, so for me, uh, I, I only want to be there as as long as I actually am consciously and, and, and feel very confidently driving value. So yeah. that's got to be in the eyes of the, the, whole, of the receiver um, yeah. rather than in my eyes. Um, so I, I do that's think... A, that's a very courageous form of leadership because without, without the trust, without the right positioning for what you're doing, without coming from a place of... Uh, passion for the organization and interest in the company increasing their value you would come across as disruptive you would come across as you know wanting to see the other angles and testing the waters all of the time so it's a delicate balance isn't it to play that role well I I think you you've got to be careful you don't you're not all of one or the other you know it's so I'm not I'm not advocating it's all it's, it's an extreme swap that there's a balance here and it's just recognising that you've got to be able to do both. Um, and I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I just think that um, if you come to the table expecting that you, you've still got to learn, you, you're still dynamic, as dynamic in that process of learning as everyone else sitting around that table, um, it, it, you're going to have more chance of doing a better job. So I just think that... Once upon a time, becoming a director was a, a, a you know swan song or a, sta- a stage of your career, and it was a comfortable seat to be able to earn some money and generate some final you know travel income. Yeah, um, it was a hobby in retirement, wasn't it? 
It was. And <laughs> that, that to think of that in today's world when our organisations so desperately need to reimagine, reinvent, reassess themselves, um, if we haven't got people around the board table who can challenge and think in that same way, then what we're doing is putting a neck or a brace around the the opportunity. And I think there's a huge responsibility to recognise uh, your role in enabling versus inhibiting yeah. um, opportunity. And I think if you're not doing that, then you're just really a rubber stamping board, right? You're just signing off on whatever the executive team brings to you. And I'm not sure that you're adding any more value than a board to, than an executive would would add in that mix. Yeah. Yeah. Box. So I, it is, you know. That's fascinating. Is, That's a very different, um, a very different conversation to the conversation that I've had in this series. So it's absolutely fascinating to see how you drive the the value add within your board work. Can I ask you? If you were speaking today to people who were toying with the idea of getting a board role or maybe looking for their first role, what advice would you give to them? Um, I'd be questioning, I'd be really questioning why they want to do it. What is the, the, the fundamental purpose? And I think challenging themselves to think through going back from, there's so many, there's so much convenience around um, that role and saying, well, I've had my executive role, now I can, it's a natural next step. And I, and I think it needs to be far more deliberate than that. What is it that you've got fundamentally to add to that story that that makes you appropriate and, and worthy of that position? I know that sounds a bit wussy, but, you know, I do think there is an incredible responsibility. There's a window, a leadership window in time. What is it that you are going to add to that mix that will add to that window rather than maintain the status quo. So, so asking yourself personally why you're doing it and what's your responsibility in this mix and how you're going to fill that, I think, is a, is a sense of that personal purpose that's important yes. here. Um, hmm. And that's a big driver as well. When, you, when you're on a board where you are aligned, not, not just your values and the passion, but all, all the boxes are ticked, the people you're working with, the... the conversations that you're having when everything's aligned it's very energizing you become very engaged and that's where you get your own sort of self-development as well that's where that comes into play and I do I do think there's always um again it's that belief that when you start to be comfortable you're not contributing at where you need to be so there has to be it's almost this opposite belief you know, if you're going into this because it's a comfortable step yeah. and your objective is to make it comfortable, then I think you, you, you're actually, by nature, so you, making that choice. You yeah. shouldn't be in that position. You're, you're, you're self-selecting for the wrong situation because yeah. we, we need to be thinking about these board roles as more than um, a natural, comfortable progression. Yeah, and they're not a progression. They are... Very, very different from success in executive roles, very, very different to success in a board role. And it, it's almost like they are perceived as being on a ladder, but they're not. It's a huge sideways step, isn't it, from one to the other. And there is a, um, a very different skill set that goes with 
taking the same intellectual content that you might have and making it relevant in that new role. So I think it's going in eyes wide open and thinking it through quite differently. Um, Whereas I do see and hear a lot of conversation that makes it feel like a natural step for for everyone. And it doesn't, it doesn't quite right at all. And there are different ways to, you know, to still continue your career post that where you might, yeah, there are, there's more than one option, but it often feels like people only think there's that option. Yeah. Have you got any tips for finding the right role for you, like how you make sure all those things are aligned? Um, I can't say that I'm my approach has been particularly scientific. I, I ended up, I, it's, it's funny because I, my first board role was when I was in my 20s and I'd forgotten about that when I was trying to put my thinking together. Um, you know, it was on a, an, associ- a, a, an Australian Association of Graduate Employers. So it was a, quite a large new startup board. But um, how I ended up on boards in more recent times was through doing consulting work and playing a role and um, having a voice uh, that was again quite different. So I think the more you can talk, the more you can you can connect with organisations, the more you can connect with people, and you get a flavour and sense of the aspirations of those organisations. The yeah. more likely you'll you'll work out whether the match is right, and they'll work out whether the match you're the right match for them. So, um, but I, but that's a personal view. I think a lot of people would bounce into them a lot more quickly, um, and it becomes a uh, a, a, a less uh, of a, a marriage or a match than yeah. um, than is right for me. Yeah, Anita, it's been absolutely fascinating. We've run out of time. Thank you so much for um, coming along today and for all of your insights. Um, it's been great having you on today. Thanks, Sally. Appreciate the opportunity to talk. Thank you. You've been listening to Insider Insights with Sally Parrish. Insider Insights is the place to meet non-executive directors and go inside their boardroom to learn from their experience. We hope you've discovered some great learnings today that you can apply to your board role. We look forward to your company on the next episode of Insider Insights.